This is The Water Table. A chance to hear the agricultural side of these issues. A place for people to go find information and education. Water management is just going to become even more critical into the future. How misunderstood what we do is. I would encourage people to open their minds and listen to this dialogue. This week, we're taking the Water Table podcast on the road to Melbourne, Iowa. We will be visiting the Iowa Laika Farm and the Iowa Laika Field Day. Join us as we interview some great guests. Well, welcome to the Water Table podcast. Uh, today, I have Bruce Barnhart with me um, from Iowa Laika, and we're going to talk with Bruce and we are out here on location today. It's kind of fun for the water table to be on location in Melbourne, Iowa, at the Iowa Laika Farm, um, a place I've actually never been during the, the summer uh, field day, but I've been down here and taken a tour before. So I want to talk to Bruce just a little bit about uh, his career and who he is and then talk about uh, Laika, both at a national level and a state level. So welcome to the podcast, Bruce. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about your uh, Barnhart uh, construction, your business, and uh, you know, how did you? When did you start, and and uh, how did that all get to where it is today? Well, I guess I got in the earth moving business by accident uh, when I was young in my early twenties. Uh, was uh, the middle of the farm crisis. At that time, I probably assumed I'd be a farmer my whole life, but that was not meant to be. Uh, my parents managed to save their farm, but they uh, had to make some adjustments, and one of that was renting, renting it out, and sure. Dad went to town and got a job, and I uh, started out raising hogs with a neighbor, and he had a bulldozer and wanted me to lease it and uh, start doing jobs and paying him you know, a percentage, and that's how we got started, and we did almost exclusively farm work for quite a few years. We did uh, custom, custom farming also, but... Uh, Gradually got more and more into the, the earthwork and out of the other enterprises, and uh, now we're exclusively earthwork, and that I mean that includes snow removal, demolition, some heavy hauling, uh, but uh, that's how we got to what we are now, and we're very diversified. As I said, we still do a lot of farm work, but we do uh, home sites, uh, subdivisions, we do commercial demolition, commercial sites, and so we found that by being diverse, we can keep busy all the time. Yeah, you're a busy guy. Busy guy. What uh, when, what year did you start kind of in the business? Well, I, we we say I officially started in '82. That's okay. when we started in the um, the earthwork part. Uh, I had been doing some custom farming in conjunction with working with my dad and a, a job during college. Where, we, but officially we say '82. So yeah. now that's been 41 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, good for you. It's a that's something to be proud of, and and uh, a lot of stuff. And when you say earthwork, a lot of your your business along the way, and I think still is in conservation. And oh yeah, that conservation work. When we started out, that was our bread and butter work, and still it probably is uh, 40, 45 percent, I would guess. Yeah. I mean, that's our favorite work, yeah. actually. Yeah, I was just going to ask that question. I was, you know, you're diversified into so many different things, and what are you really passionate about when it comes to the work and kind of just answered that but why would you say that is what what do you like about doing conservation well, projects I, I mean i'm a farm kid you yeah, know yeah. Uh, i like to say i've been controlling the water since my brother and i uh 
yeah. drained drained mud puddles in the driveway when we were five yeah. and six years old. Yeah. So at that rate, I bet I got 55 years experience. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the thing I like is being close to ag. Uh, several of our customers I've had for you know 45 years. When you count those the custom farming before. Uh, so it's a lot of them were second generation. Some of me were working with the third generation now. Sure. So uh, the continuity and just the, the good rural attitude of the customers is yeah. what I like. Yeah, and you can see some of the results of what you do. You probably see that everywhere, but... Uh, oh, it's, it's, I'm very proud. I can, any direction of town, I can drive and see projects we've done. Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, is neat to be able to yeah. do that. It's neat to be able to do that. Uh, how about uh, as you've gone along now, you have any family in the business, or what's what are you doing with that? Well, I'm very fortunate. Uh, I have a son-in-law who's uh, been with us for 10 years now. Uh, he's uh, very integral to the operation. I have a son who's younger, and he just graduated from college a year ago, but uh, I like to say he's 23 years old and got 15 years experience. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. he's been with me since... And, yep. He was uh, not very tall yep, on the yep. job sites. You learn a lot by listening to Dad talk on the phone at night or driving yep. down the road. And uh, well, all my to... my 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 girls, which are older, they're in sales, and uh, they've made the comment we used to hate it when we had to sit in the truck when you talked with customers. But it gave us yep. now that we're in sales, it yep. gave us a whole different perception on how to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, it, it reminds me of my. My kids had a song when we'd be in the car. They would kind of start singing a song quietly to themselves about dads on the phone, be quiet. And I can't remember how it went beyond that. But it's it's something that it's part. It's why they call it a family business. You right? betcha. So, that that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It takes everybody to sacrifice something. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the Leica Farm here, and uh, you know your your past president of Iowa Leica and National Leica, which uh, thank you for your service. And you uh, how long did you do that? Well, you know, if I, I don't even know for sure what year I joined Iowa Leica, but it was, you know, probably in the mid eighties. So, if, so I'm, I, I've really close to 40 years involved in the organization and uh, there for about 20 years, I was very involved, you know, Iowa district. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, VP president and then in the national organization the regional VP for four years and then state and national president I think I finished up my term as national president in 2009 okay. but that was uh, it was good experience for me it, and it turned out this is what people can't comprehend it was good for my employees because yeah. I didn't think I could be gone much and you start out little traveling a day or two throughout the state yeah. and you give people more responsibility and they accept it and um then pretty soon it's a week and then you know you're gone more but things right. still manage to get done and makes uh, you realize that uh, to be successful you have to delegate and now uh, the only and way to delegate is to yeah. give them responsibility yep yep that's right and sometimes that's so hard to do if you don't have to you know what I right mean? you have well, to and i think it. that's the point it yep. forced me into yep. doing it yep and uh when i didn't think i had time and it, it just got easier to do and yeah yeah, and then it Here allows you not being, you know, right there in the business every day to to kind of see things from a different angle and, and be able to... And the things I've learned uh, traveling the country um, have been invaluable in my business. Uh, 
I, I am absolutely certain that whatever you would say I put into Leica, I got more out of it than yeah. I put in it. And the more I put in, the more I get out. And yeah. it, that's still true today. Yeah, yeah. That's... I was, I had friends in New Jersey, and this was years ago, and there's this new practice of uh, storm source. I can't even think of what they called it, but about three years later, there's this new product in Iowa, and nobody had ever heard of it. I go, oh, they used, they've been using that in New Jersey for three yeah. or five years, and I knew, yeah. knew what it was. And yeah. You know, we have local issues about NRCS practices or whatever, and uh, to be able to make a call to the state engineer and uh, yeah. have it, he knows you and make a, and talk and uh, many times get something resolved quickly. That's uh, invaluable. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And you were I mean, talking about the farm here. You were really involved. I don't know if you were president when, like, the, when they bought the farm, the land here. No, that would have been after my state presidency. But I, but I was involved. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that can take credit for it. Yeah, but probably yeah. the driving force was Doug Eglund. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, it's not just him. There's, there, and I don't want to start mentioning a bunch of names because I'll forget some. But uh, this was a, a group effort, and uh, it started out we we're. You know, we'd do field days and all over the state, and uh, we decided we, if we could get a central location and just do field days in a central location, that made sense to us. Several reasons: we could start, we could have dedicated gravel roads for parking, so if it rained, you know, we could get cars in and out. And so that's what we started doing. And, and then, you know, every year we did a project here to make it better. And, uh, eventually we realized that this wasn't just a place to have field days that this is a in essence a conservation show place yep. and so then we decided we wanted to build and maintain about every conservation practice that used in agriculture yeah so we started doing that I mean and, and this is just a partial list I wrote them down in case I wouldn't forget them but we've got waterways tile inlet terraces bioreactor saturated buffer pond Crepland, just regular tile, septic system, rain uh, garden, water and control control basin, water control structures on tile, buffer strips. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, it's just to show people that don't understand what they're looking at, it, it's just good to have this resource. Yeah. yeah. There's so many ways that we, as a society, can uh, handle water and can treat water before it gets to a river and stream, whether it's in agriculture, whether it's in our own lawn or a commercial development. And and it's pretty neat for you guys and for Iowa Leica to kind of lead that with all of those practices you just mentioned here on the farm. Because, you know, you might say, well, you put in a rain garden and, and hypothetical now what I'm saying, but, you know, that, that would help, you know, 3% or 5% of, um, as far as, the water quality that comes out of that but when you add these practices together and some are much better than others of course but when you add these practices together you can do a lot for the water quality of what comes out of it all. absolutely now this drainage area coming down through here is roughly a thousand acres and other than uh, the very south side of the parking lot every drop of water that comes through here is is, is run through or controlled or cleansed or detained in some matter yeah. manner yeah and uh you know iowa state's done some uh sampling and and and, and you know analysis and you know we want to be part of trying to develop the uh ex expose people to the current generation of practices and also 
develop the next the yep. next generation. Yeah, yep. for sure, for sure. And I think there is there's opportunities. I know um, this week out here or during uh, the 2023 summer, they're doing a batch and build process out here. Yes, they're having a, a seminar on on how you know a, about saturated buffers main layer maybe maybe somewhat yeah. bioreactors yeah. but yeah mainly saturated buffers they're talking about how to do it and so our members understand the concept of why they have to be yeah. bundled and, and, yeah. and bid out in bigger quantities to get to you know some uh, economies of scale yeah yeah and it's something that you know saturated buffers have been around for a while now but we continue to learn you know just like sure. you said continue to learn more every year or every few years around you know why should we tweak it or why should we do it this way and it's for the greater good right right well at, at the rate it started you know i don't remember the statistics but you know a few dozen or put in in the state every year to, to to get to a meaningful threshold we need to do hundreds if not thousands yeah well you don't get that way by putting them in one at a time you get yeah. that what you yeah. get them on the ground by bidding them in 40 50 100 100 unit increments yeah yeah and that's i think one thing that's really exciting for me about our industry is we've been talking about water quality ever since i've been in the industry since 97 and um you know and for a while it was pretty frustrating and seemed like things were so slow but it's like anything else with the bell curve is we're right at the beginning of that where we're, this is really going to change and, and we know that because we can see it now we can see the difference from 2023 to maybe 2020 or 2019 and how many of these processes are happening um you know and turnkey type processes in some states so well you're absolutely right i mean it, it takes a while to ramp up the capacity and not just engineering but also financing and mm -hmm. and, and the the contractors to do the work yeah. i mean I, i'm with you there for you know the the nitrate reduction strategy started right here in iowa yeah. i mean we we're on the forefront yeah uh and it just i mean i was a little disillusioned that it didn't seem like we were making the progress that we had hoped to but i think now it's just like a train it just starts slow and then yeah once you get get up to speed you, you got you got yeah. the weight of the train pushing you almost yeah. and i think we're if we're not there we're close to that yeah yeah exactly. i mean uh i'm i'm on the cedar county board of supervisors and, and we're very supportive of the lower cedar watershed and uh uh, we're we're, we're uh, getting some batch of batch and build program up and running there, which ex is exciting to me. I mean, back when I started, we talked about soil erosion. Yeah. That was the big thing, yeah. you know, back in the 80s. 85 Farm Bill, it was all about soil erosion. Well, turns out soil erosion, water quality, and water quantity all can be pretty much solved by the same group of practices. Yeah, yeah. And that, and, you know, that leads me to... The group of practices we pretty we have a lot of that done on this farm now um there isn't many more practices to try to add here so what's right. next what 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 is iowa like or what should they be thinking about um if they aren't well you know i i'm not sit currently sitting on the board so i hesitate to say yeah. what they should do but i can tell you that at just the meeting the membership meeting today we talked about adding on to this facility to have a, an air-conditioned classroom area. Yeah. Uh, NRCS has come out here to train their staff. Uh, IDOLS has come out here to train staff. Yeah. Uh, we've had school groups of people that maybe have, from Des Moines, possibly never been on a farm. Yeah. So I think the next evolution is 
to develop better facilities to be able to tell our story, and I don't mean just Leica, I mean the conservation yeah. industry story. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And is there any talk or any thoughts that uh, this should be done in another location too in Iowa? Just start another farm, uh, start from scratch Well, again? we've had those talks. Um, that's a tough, that's a tough one because we have so much invested here yeah. i mean and it's obviously worth a lot more than we gave for it but yeah. i think if we there's still some practices we can do or do multiple units of but a possibility would be buying some adjoining ground as it came up for sale or making a deal with the adjoining neighbors to do uh, some practices on their ground that way we can utilize this core where we've got you know gravel roads for the parking we've yeah. got a, a a building to have uh, vendors display their wares in we've got permanent restrooms sure and then when you put the you know if this gets uh, ever comes to fruition get the air conditioned in the heated classroom sure th then it can just be more of an educational show place yeah you have a you forget about all the infrastructure you have in place here over over time and one question i didn't ask there is um what was when what year did the like a purchase this property we purchased it in 2003 okay and so our first field day i believe was in 2004 yeah. and the first field day was grading this parking lot uh back then you know we we parked on the other side and and this was our our project grading this parking lot in conjunction with some other conservation work but yeah. um we did we did it in that and oh three like i said and then the building was put up in 2009 so those are the pretty significant milestones yeah. to this yeah. place yeah and i think it's a testament to what can happen with a shared vision you know a shared vision of like you said there are there's a lot of people that should get some credit for this and and doug well, eglin being one and but, well that but, but a lot of other people but the shared vision of people somebody sharing it and people getting on board and understanding it and seeing where we're 19 years later um it's pretty neat what you can say you've accomplished well, and somebody i really want to give credit to is our associate members and by that i mean uh, the, the heavy iron guys the yeah. the altorfers the zigglers the martins the rms's that are yeah. uh, you know case i and then there i went down a path yeah. i shouldn't yeah. have went because yeah. i'll forget somebody there's others but our vendors have provided the equipment to do this work yeah and 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 hopefully i mean it's a win-win deal yeah. they get to expose their products to a, a, a bigger group of people at one setting so so uh they've been thankful to do it but you know as, as everything gets more expensive there is a cost and we absolutely couldn't have done this without yeah. the support of our vendors yeah well i appreciate you saying that but you know the other the other side of that too is the opposite of what you're saying is the general public and that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing on the water tables the general public we talked you talked about this when you started a little bit doesn't really understand what happens on the farm or um, how water gets from one place to another and how we can we can solve a lot of that on the farm um, and we're learning every day but we're also investing as a, and I think that's where there's a pretty big disconnect is a lot of times um, our city cousins look at things and say you know the farmers are they don't care about the land well just look at this place and I don't know how you can argue with that the amount of time the amount of money but 
but more than money just because you can go you could be working today and and making sure. money for yourself Absolutely. and the amount of time and energy and focus that you're taking away from what you could be doing to put it here because it's the right thing to do and because you're giving back mm-hmm. to uh to the land and giving back to the general public is is pretty impressive and i i hope that you know long term that's part of what the water table podcast can do is connect to the city people and then all of a sudden they're like hey i listened to this one about i will like a farm and i want to go down there or i want to listen to more podcasts and and hear what matt helmers has to say or uh, well and, and all your points are absolutely spot on as our society becomes more urbanized and, and that's a definite trend there's no yep. doubt about it our congressional districts change to reflect that ag is is a minority and there's a lot of misconceptions and stereotypes about ag that are absolutely wrong. And one of them is that farmers don't care about yeah. their land. Yeah. That's their that's their legacy. Yeah. It's it's their business. It, it, it is everything to them. Now I'm going to say there's some farmers do a lot better job and more more proactive, and and, and than than others. But as a rule, farmers are the best conservationists I I know. Mm-hmm. They're always willing to try new things, and they're always willing to to, to do something to try to make uh, their farm better. And now we're uh, we're in a societal change. It's not just making their farm better; it's mean it's their part in making water quality better for everybody. Yeah, and yeah. they are willing participants. Yeah, yeah, and I think they they see the bigger picture. So um, yes, I appreciate this conversation um what 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 do you want our listeners to know about uh about you or it don't sound like a guy that really wants to talk too much about himself which is just fine but what do you want them to know about what goes on here and in in uh, our industry well i i would just like people to realize that um the state of iowa the the usda nationally water quality is a buzzword it's a hot topic there's a lot of money getting dumped into those things us as contractors it, it, there's a step in between that we have to have people to engineer these practices we, we've got to have suppliers to sell the product I mean it's kind of a it's a subset of a an old industry drainage no. but there's just there's just new opportunities I want people to realize that we are embracing them we, we're we're ramping up as fast as we probably can and uh, I think that we're starting to see results yeah. and I think sometimes the results aren't what we think and I mean a thing of mine is I mean as we control more erosion on farm fields hungry water uh, syndrome where the rivers are scouring more yeah. and you're they're yeah. picking up yeah. they're craving silt so as we address one thing it causes another thing, the law of unintended consequences. So we need to also widen our focus. Stream bank restoration, stream bank stabilization needs to be factored into this now. Yeah, it, It's a very complex uh, well, ecosystem. And, think, and, you know, we maybe had certain things figured out 20 years ago. Well, you know, we don't, I, I won't get into climate change because that's just a road that doesn't get to the point. The point is, is the weather patterns are changing and are different than they were 
20 years ago. We have, you know, longer drier periods and longer wetter periods. The yep. last several years in Minnesota, we've had really cold, wet springs and then pretty dry, hot summers. And last night in Minnesota, we got four inches of rain and not a very long period of time. Right. Our rain's becoming more in the summertime, more in bigger events. Yep, yep. And, and climate has been changing since the world was developed. Sure. And uh, when I was in my early teens, uh, we, they were taught the the experts were predicting a global cooling and a coming ice age. Yeah. Now I'm 63 years years old, so 50 years later, we're in the exact opposite scenario of what the experts yeah. were telling us was going to happen yeah. 50 years yeah. ago. So the climate's always changing. But we can't we can't decide, and that's my point is we can't decide today that we know the practices we have to do into the future because 20 years from now the climate's going to be changing exactly and there will be new technology i mean that's the thing a lot of what we're doing the technology didn't didn't even exist 30 years ago to do some of the things we're doing the 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 understanding of nitrates and wood chips and in vegetation uh taking up uh, absorbing the nitrates i mean uh, science is uh developed enough to give us a whole new uh whole new bunch of work to do yeah yeah well bruce i appreciate all your knowledge and you being willing to visit with me here on the water table on site at the iowa like a farm with the 95 degree like yeah i uh i appreciate everything but that that (laughs) part when i saw last week i was like dang it's gonna be hot yeah you bet we'll deal with it all right so thanks for joining us glad to be here well thanks for listening to this episode I have so much fun uh, recording these. I hope you have as much fun listening as I do recording. These episodes are available on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. So find them and download them when you can. Thanks for joining us.